for me as a, as a teenager, when, when most teenagers were, were going through the usual, uh, you know, finding out about boys and things like that, mm. my life was focused on, on a ski slope. And it really taught me focus and drive and how to set a goal and how to go for it and how to work as a team. And when uh, skiing didn't work out for me, at a young age, I actually started to um, have several injuries that made right. it very evident that my body was never going to be able to cope, specifically with a sport like skiing that was so high impact. Mm. The, the thought of pursuing that as a career was, was just not going to be possible. I think I took all that drive and that motivation and all those lessons and, and the, next, the next place for me to, to start focusing that was in business. You're listening to the official podcast for the Festival of Enterprise being held at the NEC in Birmingham between October the 23rd and 24th, 2019. Get your free ticket by visiting thefestivalofenterprise.co.uk. The Festival of Enterprise is the UK's best event for entrepreneurs and small business owners helping your business grow faster. This event is the fuel your business needs to get you where you want it to be and sooner rather than later. Strategy can be sidetracked in the day-to-day running of a business and scaling up takes the backseat as you end up dealing with piles of paperwork, projects going wrong or dealing with your overflowing inbox. This shows in the statistics. According to the Scale-Up Institute, scale-ups bring in £1.3 trillion of the £1.9 trillion generated by all UK SMEs. The remainder is brought in by millions of companies not making anywhere near as much impact as they could. There's clearly more than a few secrets that business leaders need to learn about when it comes to growth. Fortunately, the Festival of Enterprise will reveal them all. Throughout this podcast, I'll be chatting to a number of the successful entrepreneurs and business leaders who will be speaking at the NEC over the two days. The likes of Lord Billamoria, founder of Cobra Beer, Piers Lenny from Dragon's Den, right through to Camilla Ainsworth, the youngest ever finalist to appear on The Apprentice TV programme. I also chat to Fran Borman, Melanie Eusebi, Jamie Waller, Peter Holton Norman, Rachel Taplin, and many others. Get your free ticket to the Festival of Enterprise by going to thefestivaloventerprise.co.uk and also joining us on social using the hashtag Festival of Enterprise. Welcome to episode four from the Festival of Enterprise podcast 2019. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, and in this episode, I chat to Fran Borman, voted the UK's top female influencer in 2019 by Global Woman. Fran is an award-winning entrepreneur, having built a multi-million pound business around her two young children, which became the fastest growing in its sector. She's gone on to support over 1,000 individuals, start their own business and become a key spokesperson for social enterprise, women in enterprise, mentoring and sports business in the UK. Join Fran at the Festival of Enterprise on 23rd and 24th of October, where she'll be speaking at the Business Leaders Keynote stage, delivering inspiration, motivation and key insights. On this podcast, Fran and I chat about if you're ever going to achieve anything, you won't do so on your own, to surround yourself with high achievers, developing a mentoring culture where people want to work and business for good is good for business. I start off by asking Fran how she came about being voted the UK's top female influencer. So 
so I got a big group of women together and 10 of us went and then we slept out rough straight after so we oh, took sleeping bags yeah, okay. yeah and then and that got Anthea Turner got behind us Nick Knowles got behind us um, so we got some really good publicity so uh, it, it's really been on the back of that me going um, I, I find it quite difficult to be that person in the spotlight mm. but realising that actually I do have influence and it would be a shame to waste it yeah. so yeah. really now trying to um, trying to to encourage other women to to feel that it is okay to not post those stupid photos mm. and actually to be okay just sharing things of meaning um and, and really kind of driving that agenda but then that also that goes alongside also giving women the opportunity to understand what their choices are at that moment of reinvention are they going to reinvent themselves into a pouty you know instagram person mm. which i to personally i don't think there's much more legs on it i kind of think the market's saturated and and we need a new model and i kind of hope what we're doing is a, is a better model i'm always really interested being from a sporting background myself with people who've had success in a sporting world um, and then again in business. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your skiing background and any particular lessons that you think you've taken from that um, into the business world, Fran? Yeah, sure, Alex. So, so my sporting skiing background actually came almost by chance. So as a child, my, my dad was an entrepreneur. He worked very hard and his only downtime um, really was skiing with us as a family. So we used to go away at holidays and ski. So it meant that I was put on these planks of wood at a very, very young age and um, don't even really remember learning to ski. It just kind of happened. I think I was first put on skis when I was about 18 months old. As soon as I could walk, I was on skis. Wow. And... Um, <laughs> And it was just a thing that we did. It was family time. It was a really nice thing that we did all together as a family. But then when I turned up at secondary school, my first day at secondary school, in my class was a girl that also skied in the same village as I did. And it was Shemi Alcott, who eventually became a four times Olympic skier. And she was in my class at school and we sort of recognised each other. And she said, oh, come skiing with me after school. And I thought, well, that's bizarre because there's not any snow in southwest London. So so how does that happen? And I didn't even know it in, in those days that there were dry ski slopes in England. But we ended up going skiing together. And her mum, who was her mum and her dad, who were equally driven, had worked out with her already that her destiny was to be an, an Olympian. And to get there, she wasn't going to do it on her own. And I think in itself this is a really interesting lesson if you want to achieve anything you're never going to do it on your own Mm. and to actually have the uh, motivation and have the opportunity to enter a team races she needed a team around her so her mum put a vast amount of effort into setting up a school ski team which obviously I was inducted into and we then began training almost on a daily basis Um, at first it wasn't so much but it built up and we started going every day after school or in lunch breaks we'd be going into the sports hall and, and doing circuit training and so on and very quickly as a team we began became very, very good. Uh, again, another lesson you learned from, I learned from this was when you surround yourself in a high performance environment. So with other people that are driving and performing mm. at a high level, it forces you to perform at a high level as well. So being in this environment, all of us began to ski better and better. And before we knew it, we were winning national championships. We were being inducted into the um, England school ski team. And, and it really just grew from there. So for me as a, as a teenager, 
teenager, when when most teenagers were were going through the usual, uh, you know, finding out about boys and things like that, mm. my life was focused on on a ski slope, and it really taught me focus and drive, and how to set a goal and how to go for it and how to work as a team. And when uh, skiing didn't work out for me at a young age, I actually started to um, have several injuries that made right. it very evident that my body was never going to be able to cope, specifically with a sport like skiing that was so high impact mm. the, the thought of pursuing that as a career was was just not going to be possible i think i took all that drive and that motivation and all those lessons and and the next the next place for me to to start focusing that was in business football being um the national sport um in england tell me about goal 17 as i understand that you're looking to help um end youth homelessness through football and know you're, you're a big advocate of using business to help solve social problems. Um, it's probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest um, problem in the UK at the moment, if not around the world. Um, tell me a little bit more about your involvement there. Yes. Yeah, so, so Goal 17 is is barely a year old, um, but it's a company that in its first year has made a massive impact. Within five months, we won the National Mentoring Awards and uh, within eight months, we were featured in Forbes. So, so it's been a company that's grown really, really quickly and, and in a really exciting way. But the, the football link with this is that um, we I was introduced to a former footballer, a guy called Keith Mabbott. He paid for Gillingham Gillingham, yeah, Gillingham, Millwall and Charlton, get it right. Yeah. <laughs> so he played for Gillingham, Millwall and Charlton. And they, um, and he has a very similar story to me. He fell out of the sport due to injury. Mm. So he nearly got his pro contract, got injured and then couldn't continue with the sport. And again, like me, converted the lessons of the sport into business. So we had a lot in common. Um, I wasn't very much into football as a sport at that point. But mm. what Keith had developed was an in, a really interesting concept where he took homeless 16 to 24 year olds and used football to help break down barriers and help them take those lessons from the football pitch and completely convert those into transforming their own lives and getting their lives back on track. So really, really interesting concept. Mm. And when Keith approached me with that concept, his challenges were that he didn't have a sustainable funding model for it and was in this sort of moment of where he'd, he'd built it to a really interesting stage, but it now needed to be grown and scaled. Yeah. And that's where I came in and introduced the concept of Goal 17. So what Goal 17 does is it says, well, it's fantastic having those lessons for those young people, but also what they need is some support. They need some coaching and mentoring. But there's so much more that we could do with this. And we could also bring in the corporate environment, not only to help fund that, but also so that corporate uh -huh. employees learnt the lessons that these young people were learning and got the benefit from that as well. I see. Because it also offers the opportunity, as I understand, to develop, as you say, mentoring culture in a business itself and offer employees the opportunity to mentor a young person experiencing homelessness. Exactly. So really Goal 17 is a corporate training company. If you took the, the young people out of it, what we do at our core is we go into companies that are committed to ensuring they have a robust future by making sure they have the best talent in their organisation. As I'm sure you probably know, Alex, we are heading into probably the most turbulent time in our workforce that we've ever seen. We're sort of worrying about AI and computers and robots taking over the workplace. But actually what's really 
happening at the moment is there's massive skill shortage. In the UK at the moment, we're short of 870,000 people. So there's 870,000 unfilled jobs as we speak wow. in the UK at the moment. And that's costing the UK economy around 6.3 billion a year. So for anyone that wants to grow a business, they're going to need talent. They're going to need people. And to do that, it's a more competitive environment than it's ever been to attract and retain the right people. Mm. And yeah, carry on, Fran. No, yes. Yeah, so, so what what we're doing with goal seventeen is saying to to attract and retain those people. What you need to do is have a culture that that makes people want to be there. And there are several facets to that. Firstly we've got younger generations coming in and their, their needs and desires of what they want from the workplace is very, very different to previous generations. Mm. Firstly, they want to know that they're working for a company that is doing more than just paying profits. They want to work for a company that's making a difference and that's really, really important to them. But also they what they want from their career is different. They want to work for a company that is invested in them and that has an interest in progressing them. So the real kind of linchpin in, in pulling this together is helping companies create a mentoring and coaching culture that ensures their people are going to want to stay with their organization and not move on. And that's what Goal 17 does is it goes into these companies. We partnered with um, the world leading university in this space to develop the content around mentoring and coaching. And this also comes from my past experience. So I have a business that I grew to be the fastest growing in its sector. It's a multi-million pound turnover business um, and, it, and has a team of over a thousand people all across the UK. And the reason that that became the fastest growing was because we developed an, a very unique, but very effective coaching and mentoring culture within that business. So taking that intellectual property of what we did in that business, we're now offering that to other corporates. So they can also do that to engage and retain the best staff. But the, the key, and this is where the football bit comes back in, the key part to this to make this work is people don't want to practice being a mentor in their workplace because if they get it wrong, they lose face. Mm. So where there are companies that are trying to set up this kind of culture, they find that they hit a brick wall because people love it. They love the theory, but they never actually implement it. So we needed a really good practical environment for people to learn how to become effective mentors and coaches. And of course, we have that environment when we go into supporting these homeless young people. So we match each of our corporate trainees with a homeless young person. So they get to cement their learning. And of course, at the same time, they're genuinely giving back helping another person transform their lives and have a really empowering experience that gives them the confidence to actually go go back into the workplace and implement this mm. and i'm assuming you know football's um how you put this you know the one of the catalysts putting this together but essentially you could use this in any sports yeah i mean any sport would work and I'm sure there will be a time when we through Goal 17 will explore other sports. Football has some great advantages though because A is the number one global sport but also it's a complete leveller. It really doesn't yeah. matter if you're the CEO of a massive multinational company or a homeless young person. When we take you to a Premier League football club stadium, get you on the sidelines of the pitch and you're in this kind of amazing environment it doesn't matter who you are, you're yeah. equals, you're level. And that's why I've absolutely loved working and through Goal 17 and the Street Soccer Foundation, who's our charity partner, we work with Premier League football clubs. We work with all sorts of amazing influences in the football sphere. And, and the great thing about that sport is it just brings everybody together. It's a really interesting point because I think 
we look at issues like homelessness and we want our, our natural reaction is let's use charity. Now, my whole life's mission, Alex, is to re-educate the world that business for good is good for business. Because my belief is that if we keep using charity, charity is has a limit on how much money is ever going to be available, how much resource, how much time is ever going to be available in that space. What's completely scalable is business. Business is a completely scalable asset. So if you can build a business, you are you have something then that you can grow to whatever size you want to impact an issue. And I really, one of the things that I want to do with Goal 17 is create a case study of how we have used a social problem to create a business, but then how we've used a business to solve a social problem. So it's actually, everybody is working together. So as to, to put it, I suppose, in, in really clear terms, our Goal 17 mentor training program without helping these homeless young people, it's okay, right? It does a decent job. But once you add in the support of the homeless young people, it is a much better, much more effective product. It gives a much better commercial return on investment for our clients because the training they get is so much better. So actually solving the social issue creates a more commercial result. And that's what I want to try and re-educate around is that when we start looking at social issues and, and environmental problems and stop looking at them as problems, but start looking at them as opportunities to do something different and make an improvement, that's when that's when we'll start making real strides forward. I love it. That's absolutely brilliant. And you've actually answered the last question that I actually had for you, which was teeing you up to actually say that. So thank you very much for reading <laughs> my mind. Um, no problems. And um, bringing this back to Festival of Enterprise, yes. um, how best can people uh, connect with you after seeing you and hearing you speak in Birmingham at the NEC on Thursday, the 24th of October? Well, yeah, please do connect. I am on all social platforms, of course. So I'm on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and very simply on all of them, I'm at Fran B Global. So F-R-A-N-B-G-L-O-B-A-L. Um, so if you connect with me on social platforms, that's fantastic. It'd be great to connect with people. Um, I, as well as running my business, which is very much a B2B business, um, I also invest a huge amount of my time and effort in supporting other people that want to grow businesses as well. So often through my social platforms, I'm sharing any insights or lessons that I'm learning or thoughts to try and help others that want to grow business to, to influence them to do things better, to influence them to become better entrepreneurs purely through simple business lessons, but also a lot of the time through actually thinking differently and, and helping people think bigger, I hope is, is what we achieve through a lot of the content that we share. Don't forget to get your free ticket to the UK's best event for entrepreneurs and small business owners by going to festivaloventerprise.co.uk and joining us on social using the hashtag Festival of Enterprise. Enterprise.